customers that have been with us for a long time that have said we're very proud to see Sentry being so visible now. There are customers that renewed their business with us automatically, uh, influenced by the visibility and awareness of who we are. It's been a resounding success. Welcome to the Sports Business Radio Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Berger. You can find the Sports Business Radio Podcast 15 years over 600 episodes featuring conversations with the biggest names in sports like David Stern, Pete Carroll, Chris Abbott, Jeannie Buss, Michael Vick, Andre Iguodala, Mark Cuban, Tom Rinaldi, Charles Barkley, Jack Nicholas, Lindsey Vaughn, Eric Spolster, Aaron Rodgers, and Steve Nash on iTunes or at sportsbusinessradio.com. Follow us in between podcasts on Twitter at SB Radio. We've been named a top 50 followed by Forbes.com for three consecutive years and on Instagram at Sports Business Radio. Well, Happy New Year to everyone out there. Thanks for joining us. Brian Griggs, our executive producer, is joining me in studio. Griggs, uh, Happy New Year to you. Same to you. It feels like a long time since we've been doing our banter back and forth. You know what? It's funny. I was thinking about that the other day. So, you know, mid-December, we did our top 10 sports business stories of 2018. And it does. It seems like six months. <laughs> it's since. like lots have happened between that <laughs> lots show Lots <and> <laughs> has happened. Uh, I've taken a trip to Maui. We're going to hear from... Pete McPartland, who's the president and CEO of Century, they are the sponsor of the Century Tournament of Champions at Kapalua Golf Course in Maui. I attended that event, and I'll give you my thoughts on that in a minute. But we were over in Maui for eight days, my daughter and I, and you know, it seemed like eight months, and it was great, and it did stink coming back to the cold weather in Portland. But uh, yeah, it, it seems like a lot has happened, and a lot of time has expired since we. Last joined you here on Sports Business the, Radio. I did something I've never done before. Took all of Christmas week off and just stayed at home with wow. wife and kid. It was like the best thing ever. I, I loved it. We just chilled. We did a couple of different things. Went to different lights, you know, zoo lights and all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, it was great just to chill and get away from work and unplug and sleep in. And, ah, uh, it's great. And I'm guessing there was lots of Christmas music in the Griggs household. Oh, yeah. We, in fact, yeah, we watched a lot of Christmas movies. I would say Christmas Story was probably the most on repeat. Yeah, uh, I mean, they play that on a loop on, on yeah, TBS on loop for like 24 hours straight. So that was on, yeah, lots of music and probably way too many uh, cookies and all that stuff. And I did New Year's Eve in Maui, which I'd never done before. That's cool. I had no idea that the islands have as many fireworks as they do. They mm. make 4th of July look like <laughs> it's a quiet event. That's funny. I, literally for two and a half hours straight. Wow. I was like, where are they getting all the same? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they sell it at Costco there. Right. But, uh, you know, I, there's a lot of Chinese people who love their fireworks and, and they were there on the island and, nice. uh, the fireworks are readily available <laughs> and boy, they, they shot them off for like two and a half hours straight. That's so cool. it was cool. It, it was very different. You know, I've been to Las Vegas. I've been to other, places for uh new year's eve but i'd never been to maui and the other thing that's hilarious is so it's five hours behind new york so it's like 7 p.m and you're watching the ball drop in new york and you're like good night everyone (laughs) and you're like i'm just eating dinner you know i'm 50 now i I go to bed earlier yeah now yeah that's true 50 happened this year for you yeah wow i know so so 40's coming up for me if i don't remember as many things this year (laughs) if i forget a question during an interview if i forget something that happened during the week, uh, cut me some slack. Yeah, I got you. Know, you. I'm in the 5-0 yep. decade yep. now. All right, 
let's look at some headlines and some things that have happened recently. First of all, Clemson just absolutely crushed Alabama in the college football playoff game. 44-16, worst loss ever for Nick Saban at Alabama. I don't think many people saw this coming, Griggs. Clemson owned Alabama in every aspect of the game. I've never seen a better prepared team than Clemson was. I mean, all aspects of the game, they were just swarming. Like, every time they got a tackle on Alabama, there was five guys tackling them. I mean, it's like it was the best defensive uh, front I've ever seen, I think, against Bama especially. Well, I'll tell you, the kid who made some money this year is Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Sunshine. He looks like Sunshine from uh, <laughs> the quarterback in Remember the Titans, yeah. doesn't he? I mean, yeah. he's, he's he exactly Sunshine. And the kid's a freshman. He was playing high school football last year. Crazy. And if they allowed underclassmen to come out in the NFL, this guy's probably the number one pick yep. in the NFL draft. But they don't, so he's got to stick around for a few years. But, as I tweeted after the game, remember what our friend Oliver Luck from the XFL told us. The XFL will take high school players. They will take underclassmen. What a splash for the XFL if yeah. they said, you know what, Trevor Lawrence, we're going to throw a truckload of money at you. We want to make you the face of our league starting in 2020. You don't have to stick around the Clemson campus. You've already won a college football national championship. Get paid today. Get paid now. Help us launch. He could play there for a year or two and then move on to the NFL. But people, if you're if you're older like I am, you remember the USFL. And the fact that they signed Herschel Walker and right. Steve Young and some really big names before they went to the NFL. Could we see the XFL, again, because they don't have the rules of underclassmen not being able to come out, could they throw some money at someone like Trevor Lawrence and say, be the face of our league starting in 2020? It's something to watch. Yeah, that is an interesting point that not many people have thought about because your XFL's new. It's coming, you know, it's coming up here in the next year or two. And that would be interesting. I mean, an offer like that would be pretty cool to be like the face of, uh, you know, a new franchise like that. But I was just so impressed with his poise. Oh, yeah. And, you know, like you said, uh, Clemson was well prepared. Dabo Sweeney, people, you know, don't remember he was six and seven. In his third season at Clemson, he was on the verge of being fired. He's now 98 and 15. Wow. Since that season and has beaten Alabama two of the last three years in the national championship game. Pretty impressive stuff. The business end of the college football playoff ticket sales were down. You could get a ticket for as low as $125 before the game. I think it's because this was chapter four of this matchup. The other thing that seemed to hurt this matchup is it was played in the Bay Area. And the Bay Area is not a hotbed for college football. Right. They like their pro sports, but it's not like the Deep South. If you held this in a place like Alabama or Georgia or LSU or somewhere like that where they really love their football. So it's a little bit questionable. College football playoff, why did they have it in San Francisco? I know they wanted to be on the West Coast. But if you look at attendance, they had 10,000 empty seats. Tickets that didn't go sold. If you look at ticket prices, if you look at just general interest in the Bay Area, there was not a lot of buzz about this game in the Bay Area. So it'll be interesting to see, does this game return to the West Coast anytime soon? My guess would be probably not because this wasn't the reception they've gotten at other places. Yeah, and too, another thing, the weather probably hurt him too. I mean, it rained hard the day before. It was 60 degrees last night with showers in the in the region. That I mean, people want to go to Florida where it's 85 degrees. They want to go somewhere where it's warm. They can vacation, hang out at the beach. 
It's not not good weather last night. Well, and think about it. Look, this has been chapter four of this matchup, right? So you've seen this movie before, yeah. so to speak. If you're a Clemson fan, are you really going to pay all the money to come cross country to Santa Clara to watch this game when you may have watched it anywhere from one to three times yeah. the previous three years? It's a lot of money. So. I don't know. Even, you know, for Alabama fans, that's a long trip too. Right. It just didn't add up to a, a successful sports business recipe for this game. And then the game was a blowout. And I think a lot of people stuck around at least through the first half and they're like, well, I know Clemson put up 31 on them in the first half, but Alabama will adjust to the game plan like Nick Saban always does and they'll come back and make this an interesting game. That's not what happened. Yeah, that's I, why I was watching too, because you're like, I was texting with my dad. I'm like, don't throw Bama out yet. You know, they got another second half and they've come back before. So, but then it just was a repeat of the second half in the first, or the first half in the second half. So it was like, okay, this is over. Well, so now it'll be interesting to see what happens with Nick Saban because, you know, typically this kind of a game, boy, I would not want to be any returning Alabama players. Think of the grueling drills they're going to go through <laughs> in the off season. I mean, he's already an intense guy. And when you get beaten like this, he can hang this on the bulletin board, so to speak, and say, look, we have a lot of work to do. Here's why I'm going to bust your rear ends this off season because we got our butts kicked. 44 to 16 in the national championship game. That is not acceptable here. It can't happen here. If you're Dabo Sweeney, you've got to think this is your crowning moment. Yes, he won a few years ago with Deshaun Watson, but you've got a quarterback and you've got a star receiver, Ross, their star receiver, who was, by the way, the number one wide receiver in Alabama, and he went to Clemson, who are just getting started. And now this thing could keep going for the next few years. And Clemson's not a flash in the pan. They've been in this game, you know, what, the four times in the last five or six years, they are every bit the program that Alabama is, and they proved it last night in that game. Let's move on and talk about some NFL headlines, Griggs. Uh, NFL teams averaged 67,100 fans at home games during the 2018 season, the league's lowest figure since 2010. It's down 0.5% from 2017. Interesting, right? So everyone talks about the TV ratings have come back. Attendance is down. Still 67,100, a really nice mark. But when you have teams like the Washington Redskins, whose attendance dropped by 18%, that's not a good sign for your league. Look, NFL is still king. Any other league would trade place with them for attendance, TV ratings, some of the top, I think seven of the top ten uh, shows on TV in 2018 were NFL games. So they're doing great. But compared to the past, the headline is this was their lowest figure for attendance since 2010. You know, I think, like you said, with TV playing into that, I think with 4K playing into that, I think with the accessibility of digital and it's streaming on Twitter and it's everywhere like this, why go out? Why go out? Why drive? Why park? Why do all that when you have a beautiful 80-inch screen that's showing the game with all the angles they have now, all the cameras they have. The TV experience is pretty good. Well, and this is what we've talked about many times on this show. The teams have to work harder to get fans to come to the games because of all the reasons you just pointed out. It's so easy to follow the game. The other thing that we've talked about many times is the future customer for sports, whether it's NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball. My daughter is almost 14 her attention span a little yeah. bit shorter yeah. than than ours. 
that generation is interested in the highlights on Twitter. Show them 90 seconds of a touchdown or a great play. They don't need to go sit for three hours or four hours and watch the whole game. We were at the Maui tournament, which we'll talk about in a minute, and, you know, we're walking around VIP, sitting in the skybox and everything. My daughter's on her phone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so I'm like, You've, you're getting the VIP experience here, and you're still <laughs> yeah. not super interested in the sporting event that we're at. So it, it is very interesting. Some other numbers, the Dallas Cowboys led all teams at the gate for the 10th straight season, dating back to when AT&T Stadium opened in 2009. But they were down 1.2% from their record-setting season last season when they averaged 92,722. Uh, and then the L.A. teams saw significant increases. The Chargers were up a league-best 29.3%. But remember, when they moved last year to the smaller stadium in L.A. from San Diego, they dropped 56.3%. <laughs> so they rebounded a little bit from that. But it's still the smallest stadium in the NFL. And when you look at the averages across the league, because they play in such a small venue, it brings the average down. So you've got to factor that in when you're looking at the the bigger number. Uh, the biggest game of the season for the Rams was the Chiefs-Rams game, that epic game that was moved from Mexico City, where they had a terrible field. They moved it back to the Coliseum in L.A. 77,000 people attended that game, and what a game they saw. So, again, overall, the headline is that the attendance is the lowest in the NFL since 2010. But, Griggs, again, any league in sports would trade places with the NFL for the numbers, 67,100 fans, and the TV numbers that they've gotten. Another NFL headline that happened while we were out the last few weeks, the NFL selects Caesars Entertainment as their first ever casino sponsors. Now, terms of the deal were not revealed, but according to the Associated Press, the deal is three years. It's worth $30 million a year. Now, here's the thing that's really important to recognize here is the NFL Caesars partnership is for casino gaming only. It does not include sports betting, daily fantasy, or hotel resort. So the NFL is getting $30 million a year for basically saying, okay, we'll finally allow a casino sponsor. This is not the same deal that the NBA, the Major League Baseball, and the NHL have signed with MGM Sports because that deal is for sports betting and daily fantasy and data. So the NFL, even though they have Caesars as their casino sponsor, they could go sign with MGM or someone else as their official sports betting sponsor and get even more money than $30 million a year. Pretty astonishing. It is. I mean, the NFL, once again, I mean, cash is king, and they know how to make the big deals. I mean, $30 million basically, like you said, for a casino sponsorship. <laughs> and you know they're going to sign with betting, and that's going to become even more revenue probably in the near future. Well, so also as part of this deal, it was announced that the 2020 NFL draft is going to take place in Las Vegas. That's going to happen at Caesars. Right. Caesars is also the sponsor of the 2019 NFL playoffs. It's a multi-year sponsorship, as we said. Um, there's going to be casino properties, celebrity chefs, premier music artists, and a wide range of entertainment elements. So, you know, once again... The NFL seems to get the best deal, and they still have the sports betting category open. But it was a big development because, again, people had paid attention. Oh, NBA, 
Major League Baseball, NHL had signed with MGM Sports. Who was the NFL going to sign with? Were they also going to sign with MGM? Again, they could for sports betting, but is their casino partner at Caesars? And I think it would be awkward if they do a different sports betting deal with someone other than Caesars. So maybe they said, hey, let's try this out for the playoffs. You're going to be our official casino partner. And if things go well, then you've got first dibs on the, the sports betting Partnership. That would be my guess on how this is going to go. It makes sense, too. I mean, look, sports is an entertainment industry, and so are casinos. So this is going to be good, like you said, with the draft there and sponsorships. It's a match made in heaven because of the artists and the music. All that stuff melds together well. So I think uh, you're going to see a lot of casinos with the sports leagues just because of the entertainment value of it. All right. Before we get into our interview with Pete McPartland, the president, chairman, and CEO of Century, I wanted to talk real quickly about my trip to Maui, Griggs. And and one of the reasons I went over there is I wanted to see the Century Tournament of Champions. I wanted to see this PGA Tour event. I hadn't been there since 1999 when it was the Mercedes Championship. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting, from a sports business perspective, this tournament has been title-sponsored by Mercedes uh, and Hyundai. And both of those partnerships expired. And as you'll hear from Pete from Century, they had a unique opportunity to hop in and they had a matter of weeks to make a decision on whether or not Century wanted to be the title sponsor of this tournament in Maui. And it is a unique event because a lot of people, you know, on the mainland, if you go to Augusta or you go to the U.S. Open or even if you go to like the Phoenix Open, the uh, crowds are huge. And you don't get to get very close to the player. Usually you're going to stay on one hole. You're going to watch the players come through. At the Century Tournament of Champions in Maui, because it's not on the mainland, there's not that many people in the crowd. So you can get really close to the golfers. At the Pro-Am, you can take pictures. You can get autographs. It gives you a greater touch point with the golfers than you would have on the mainland. And, And I think that's attractive to someone like Century. But we'll hear from Pete in a little bit. Our experience was interesting. A, I wanted to see the event, and it's a very well-run event. Kapalua Plantation Course is my favorite course in the world. I've played it. Um, it's just phenomenal. They're going to be making some even better upgrades to the course in the next couple of years, redoing all the tee boxes and things like that. Um, they really know how to do this tournament well. Uh, they've got it down to a science. Great volunteers. Uh, golf channels there. NBC covers the event. But one of the things that was interesting is, you know, so I I work part-time in in PR when I'm not doing this show. I've been doing PR for a long time. And when you go to interview athletes, if you go to an NBA game, a Major League Baseball game, NFL game, you tell the PR person, hey, this is who I want to interview. And nine times out of ten, you're going to be able to get them, whether it's at their locker or, you know, for a more in-depth interview on the phone. The way it works with PGA Tour players is they're independent contractors. So the PGA Tour cannot say, hey, Jason Day, Rory McIlroy, uh, Justin Thomas, Brian Berger from Sports Business Radio would like to have a few words with you. You sit around and you wait for the guys to get off the course. They go to the scoring tent. They fill out their scorecard. And then they come out and you've waited for a while. And if they want to talk to you, they'll talk to you. If they don't, they just go, nope, I'm good. And... I think sometimes when the PGA Tour wonders why they're not more popular or why they're not more mainstream, that's an important element to keep in mind because the PGA Tour can't make them do interviews. They can't make them say, hey, let's help the exposure of golf and the PGA Tour. 
they're all independent contractors. So at the end of the day, you really have to go through their agent or someone on their team to interview them instead of at the event. And then they also, every once in a while, they'll have like a press conference. Uh, you know, they made Justin Thomas and uh, a few other guys available um, before the event started, but they're not doing press conferences with the players. So it was an interesting element to me of the tournament that the players are not readily accessible for media interviews. Thus, we're not bringing you an interview with the golfer on the show this week. Um, <laughs> but one of the things that I thought was really important is we go to events all the time. People who listen to this show go to events all the time. And the events don't happen unless you have a title sponsor or unless you have sponsors of the, of the event. And Sentry is really what makes this event happen. If they didn't have a title sponsor, this event wouldn't happen. And the way they work with the PGA Tour and why they found value in not a, only a PGA Tour event, but this specific event in Maui is interesting. And that's why I wanted to bring Pete McPartland from Century on the show today. This is a sports business show. So that's an interesting angle. And if you're sponsoring an NBA event or Major League Baseball or the college football playoff or whatever it would be, you've got to make certain decisions on, am I going to spend this money? Is it going to bring the exposure I want? And that's what Pete had to do, and his team only had a matter of weeks to decide on whether or not they were going to be the title sponsor of this event, and they ended up signing a five-year deal to sponsor the Century Tournament of Champions. So it was interesting uh, to be there for the week. Great tournament. Uh, Xander Schulfe, uh, I know I'm probably mispronouncing (laughs) his his name, um, won the tournament. He shot a 62, and he was 11 under the final round. And came out of nowhere and won the tournament. So uh, he's a great story. He barely got his PGA Tour card. And now he's won the first two PGA tournaments of the year and is the leader in the FedEx Cup points chase. And uh, just a really good story. But uh, interesting to see the golfers, their you know agents and entourages that they have around them. And it was a good experience overall. My daughter enjoyed it. And uh, what a beautiful course to walk. They had great weather. It was 84 degrees, windy on the course. So you got to factor that in the greens very fast. But it was good. And overall, Griggs, our trip to Maui was just fantastic. Uh, my daughter had never seen whales before. So we went whale watching. We go out early in the week on our first trip. We got skunked on the whale watching. So like uh, a Vegas better, I was like, you know what? I got to press my bet here. We got to go out again. She can't get skunked. We can't come all the way to Maui, and my daughter doesn't see any whales. So we went out for a second trip, and we saw whales galore. And I don't know if you've ever seen a humpback whale up close, but it is pretty awesome. And it was amazing. The the ocean was so blue, and it was just great. I got to do some stand-up paddle boarding. I posted a picture of that on our Instagram account, at Sports Business Radio. You can see that. Your show host uh, has some athletic ability and that I'm not some nerd who just sits in the studio all the time talking about sports business. Like I, I've actually got some talent on the ocean. I learned how to uh, stand up paddleboard about two years ago. So I've gone paddleboarding in the ocean in Maui the last two years. And Griggs, it's a very different experience paddling on the ocean than on a lake, I learned how to paddle on a lake. When you go to the ocean, and especially this time of year, it's high tide in Maui, and it's windy. It's a different <laughs> thing. My <laughs> daughter has a video that will never see the light of day. When I first got onto the paddleboard, 
in Maui uh. on this trip, I totally ate it. Like the waves <laughs> came and just crashed over me, and I was under the water. And you know, you didn't see that part. You only saw the nice picture well, of me good. on the on the paddleboard. And you know what? I the guy when I went to rent the paddleboard. He said, are you sure you want to go out today? It's really windy. The ocean's choppy. Like, unless you know what you're doing, you probably don't want to go out. And I was like, you know what? I'm going for it. Like, it is a new year. I'm 50 now. Like, I am not showing my daughter that I'm giving up on this thing. So I went for it. And it was great. And I'm glad I did it. But it, it's a different experience when you're stand-up paddleboarding on the ocean. But it was – I mean, you're in Maui. It's yeah. magical. Even if the – the ocean dumps you over, you're fine. Plus, the ocean feels a little better than the lake you're doing it here that's 40 oh, degrees. <laughs> a lot better. So if you fall in, you're like, okay, I can get back on this. Yeah. No, I, I got back on and uh, went for a nice paddle, and it was great. But overall, our experience in Maui was fantastic. Uh, the PGA Tour, thank you to them for hosting us at the Century Tournament of Champions. Thanks to Century for uh hosting us as well in their skybox. That was pretty fun. And coming up next, Pete McPartland, who is the chairman, president, and CEO of Century, will join me, and we'll talk about why they decided to sponsor a PJ Tour event and why specifically the event at Kapalua in Maui. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. Sports Business Radio is sponsored by Boingo Wireless, the largest operator of indoor wireless networks in the U.S., Today's sports fans expect strong, fast mobile connections at their favorite stadiums. Research shows that fans will leave at halftime if they cannot get connected, which is part of the reason why professional and collegiate sports venues alike work with Boingo to manage their wireless networks. As the world's leading connectivity expert, Boingo knows how to make a venue's vision for the connected fan experience a reality. They are the only company that can provide end-to-end wireless service so teams can focus on the big game, not on their network. Boingo designs, installs, and manages Wi-Fi and cellular networks at university stadiums like K-State and the University of Houston and major league venues like Soldier Field, Phillips Arena, and Vivint Smart Home Arena. We're excited to showcase how technology is changing the business of sports, led by companies like Boingo. Boingo connects you to the people and things you love, like sports. For more information, visit boingo.com or email sports at boingo.com. My guest is Pete McPartland. He is the president and CEO as well as the chairman of Sentry. You can find Sentry online at sentry.com or Sentry Insurance on Twitter. I had the pleasure of meeting Pete at last week's Sentry Tournament of Champions at the Kapalua Plantation Course in Maui, a great event. Pete, thanks for joining us on Sports Business Radio. How are you? Great, Brian. Thanks for having me. So let's start with the fact that you guys are on a five-year deal with the Tournament of Champions in Maui at Kapalua's Plantation Course. Why this tournament and why the PGA Tour? Okay. Uh, yeah, thank you. Um, we uh, So we uh, have always had a, uh orientation toward the game of golf. Going back to, I want to say, 1983-84, when we opened a golf course here in Stevens Point, Wisconsin, where our headquarters uh, is, called Century World. And uh, it was the first destination golf course in uh, Wisconsin. We kind of remodeled the course extensively uh, and and reopened it in uh, 2015 and uh, scraped it down to dirt, redid it. A lot of our clients love coming to Century World, and so we're kind of known as a golf company, at least within the insurance industry. 
in 2015 and 16, we undertook an extensive review of our own brand and logo um, for Century, um, and we're a bit largely a business insurance company. Is what the Century, Century brand is about. And uh, to our, uh, we were very happy to hear that our customers saw us the way we wanted them to see us, which was to say a business insurance company that is a high-touch, high-service, uh, kind of intimate uh, with its customers' uh, uh, company. And our customers are business owners who buy insurance or executives who and risk managers of large companies. So we're very happy to have our identity be so well recognized by the customers that have had us. On the other hand, the overall recognition of who Century is by the business insurance buying public wasn't what it uh, at all what it needed to be, and that was due to a lack of investing in the broad brand aspects of advertising. We d- advertised on a on a more of an industry specific basis, car dealers, that sort of thing, um, but not uh, the broad brand itself, not in a meaningful way for for decades. So we knew we wanted to do that. So we had an interest in uh, uh, P- PGA Tour sponsorship because it met our the demographic. Uh, uh, kind of bullseye of who our customers would be. And we knew them through the Century World. We knew the, we knew golfers through Century World. The opportunity that availed itself, however, Brian, was one that came along very quickly and that uh, we and our board had only a matter of weeks to uh, make up our minds. But we made up our minds rather quickly that this was perfect for us. Um, it was a no-brainer at face value from a branding standpoint because, after all, this is a... Uh, tournament that takes place during the holidays. It's a primetime TV event in the mainland uh, when the weather's usually not good in the mainland, and it's a visual spectacular um, uh, tournament to watch on uh, uh, a particular time of year. Um, but the other part that made it especially good for us, and maybe we're fairly unique in terms of appreciating this aspect, is that it's a tournament where the fans can get very intimate with the PGA Tour players and the game of golf because the gallery's not huge. Uh, hmm. The golfers bring their families out to Maui, and we kind of intercommingle with one another. And in our case, the guests that we bring, uh, they bring their families for the better part of a week, and we spend a lot of quality time and you know, as, as as you know, we're about long-term relationships, long-term business relationships. And for that to take hold and germinate, there has to be trust. And for there to be trust, there has to be time willing to be spent with one another. So this tournament is perfect for us, uh, Brian, on both ends of that, branding and customer relationship building. Now, you bring up some great points. You mentioned when I met you in Maui that you brought over about 35 key clients who joined yeah, you in like the that. in the skybox. So that's got to right. be a great, unique opportunity for you to interact with those key clients of yours at an experiential event like a PGA Tour event, right? Oh, absolutely. And, uh, and uh, of course, they bring their families. So they bring their kids, their grandkids. And then the dozen or so, not quite a dozen, hosts like myself, leadership team of our business, they bring their family. They bring their 
kids. So their our customers' kids now know our kids, and uh, we're interacting with customers that have had 20, 30. We had a, a, a business insurance uh, owner of a business that had been with us 46 years, and we spent you know, a week together uh, last year, which uh, couldn't happen at any other sporting-related uh, uh, event other than this particular tournament. So it's perfect for our style of engagement with our customers. I pay close attention to how sponsors activate around sports events and some of the things that you guys did that caught my eye. One, the blue chairs. So I saw them, uh-huh. you know, in the press room at the press conferences. I saw them out on the golf course on the first tee. That was eye catching. Uh, the Century Skybox, obviously, at the first tee. And, um, I think there was another location, uh, on the course as well. That was a great touch point. And then, I know that you guys made some investment in the local Maui community as well, and and to me, that's a nice thing, especially since you're on a five-year deal. You're going to be in that community for five years at least. The fact that you guys got involved with that community was also eye-catching to me. Well, thank you for that. The uh, On just a few of the things you uh, ticked off, the skyboxes are really nice, um, and the PGA Tour... Um, took the initiative to make those skyboxes better for us. Hmm. Uh, we didn't ha- even have to ask. They, uh, uh, Jay Monahan, Brian Goyne, and, Pete, and Alex Urban, and Nancy Cross are so ingratiating uh, to us that they are thinking on our behalf. And Brian said uh, one day, you know, I think we can open up that 18th box and make it a whole number 9 and 18 box. Really, do you mean it? And he did it, and it's terrific. So, so they deserve the credit for a lot of that and for coming up with things we can't even think of. The Blue Chairs came out of this branding initiative, and that kind of pulls together just our representation at a glance of what we believe, uh, uh, how we believe the business insurance, uh, our model, should be uh, utilized, and that is conversations and mutual understanding. The um, I'm glad you brought up what we're doing for Maui. Um, you know, you, we were a very community-oriented company, and United Way is important to us. We give in a lot of different ways. We match a lot of charitable donations that the associates who work here uh, give. And we're very community-oriented. Um, you look at Maui, and if you look a little bit beyond the uh, the big homes and the hotels and realize uh, who the people are that kind of support that economy. There's a lot of agricultural uh, people employed in the agricultural industry. There's a lot of people employed in the hospitality industry. And they have a lot of needs. They have, they have a lot of needs. And we did spend, Brian, time between the first Tournament of Champions in January of 18 and the uh, second one that we just held this past week, uh, in Maui, getting to understand Maui, uh, the mayor, Mike Victorino, who's now mayor, helped us in particular understand Maui and the people, their needs. And we met with all the charities, charitable uh, donated uh, organizations that the uh, Tournament of Champions historically has uh, given money to. So we got a pretty good lay of the land. And we uh, decided to embrace, and this is a no-brainer, but to embrace community of Maui as being a century community, no different than if we had an office 
in Maui. It is a place where we do business. It is a place that's important to us. And uh, on that basis, we should embrace the people of Maui just as we embrace the people in central Wisconsin. So we did make a $25,000 donation to the United Way. Uh, It's a great organization that um, has the ability to execute and put to good use donated funds in ways that would be more administratively difficult for us. And we wouldn't have quite the granular knowledge, uh, anywhere near the granular knowledge that they have uh, of their own kind of geographic uh, areas that their um, chapters serve. And then the other thing we did is something that we do in Wisconsin, and that is provide scholarships to high school graduates. So we announced last week that we're rolling out a up to a total of 12 scholarships, beginning with four this spring, 12 scholarships for graduates of Maui public high schools for students who want to uh, go to pursue either their bachelor's degree or at the UW, excuse me, the University of Hawaii system or a community college and pursue an associate's degree within the University of Hawaii system. So we announced that and that was very well received. And there will be more things that we'll do as we further get our head wrapped around it. And, uh, and it's, just, it's exciting and uh, exciting to be so well received by uh, the people in Maui, the businesses and civic leaders and so on. Well, if you listen to this show, you know that our friends at Robinhood are a big part of our show. Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options and cryptos, all commission free. Griggs, they make this super easy. I love being able to have this app on my phone. I can make trades for my phone. And the best part is I'm not paying $10 for every trade. All trades are free. The thing I like, too, is it's a new year. So start new with uh, getting some trades on, you know? It's a great way to make a little cash on the side, possibly. And like you said, with the app, it's right there in your hands. Super simple, easy. You can preview stuff, look at it all, and then, you know, click to buy. It's easy. Yeah, I love the emails I get, the data around all of the stocks that I've invested in. It's great. Uh, they actually send the data to me. I either can get updates on my phone or I get the updates via email. I feel like I'm a very informed trader when I'm using the Robinhood app. And the nice thing is a lot of our listeners, they haven't stepped into the investing arena yet. And this is a nice way to dip your toe in the water, download the Robinhood app and it gets you started. I think too, for, we have a lot of college listeners too. It's a great way if you're a college kid that's like trying to invest, trying to get in that world. It's a great easy way to check it out. And like you said, we're numbers guys. We talk business and, and costs and numbers and all that stuff. The data is around, around it is cool because you really get to learn the stocks before you make the buy. Robinhood is giving our listeners a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help build your portfolio. You can sign up at sbradio.robinhood.com. That's sbradio.robinhood.com, sbradio.robinhood.com. Pete, you mentioned earlier in the conversation that you guys went through a rebrand not so long ago. I know as part of your deal with the PGA Tour, you get a nice chunk of media inventory. And obviously that exposure you talked about from being, you know, in a primetime telecast back to the mainland. How has that helped you? What have you heard from your customers with people saying anything from I like your logo to I like the blue chairs or I had never heard of you before, but now I have because I saw you in conjunction with this PGA Tour event? Everything you mentioned uh, uh, has been uh, kind of coming back to us uh, 
uh, in spades from from our customers. Um, we uh, there are customers that have been with us for a long time that have said we're very proud to see Sentry being so visible now. Um, there are customers that um, renewed their business with us automatically after seeing the Sentry uh, uh, Tournament of Champions and kind of the values of the company. They're able to be expressed by through over the course of four days of, of being a, a sponsor. There are businesses that have uh, become new Sentry uh, cu- uh, customers. Uh, influenced by the visibility and awareness of who we are uh, through uh, the Tournament of Champions, uh, Century Tournament of Champions uh, viewing itself, and uh, seeing some of our commercials and things on the Golf Channel. So it's it's been a resounding success. Last, uh, we've been we're, we're growing as a company. Uh, and it's, it, it is definitely influenced by this uh, sponsorship. Pete, last question for you. You guys, two years down, three to go with this sponsorship of the Century Tournament of Champions at Kapalua in Maui. What would you like to accomplish in the final three years that maybe you haven't accomplished yet in the first two years? Boy, that is a great question. Um, I would like to see us further cement our and build upon what I'm going to call, as I'll use the word love affair, we have going between the Maui community and ourselves and uh, get even more broadly uh, kind of uh, wrapped around uh, the island of Maui uh, as as an even stronger, more visible corporate citizen of Maui. That's very important. It's very important, I think, to to the people here. From a tournament standpoint, uh, I'm just looking forward to uh, it becoming incrementally better. Of course, there's going to be some course uh, construction work that's going to uh, really make everything uh, pop significantly. And looking forward to uh, working with the PGA Tour people and others to uh, get the viewership even higher than it is and to try to find a way of further building up the gallery that uh, is already starting to grow. I think I don't know what the numbers are, but I think this is a pretty successful year from a gallery standpoint. So I think incremental improvement in, uh, in making the course better and better, but a better version of what it has been, not trying to reinvent anything. And uh, I think the, kind of the, the recognition of Century, the insurance company, uh, will undoubtedly come and uh, I'd like to see more people in the gallery uh, as a result of uh, uh, either greater visibility and awareness about what a unique experience this is for the fans. That's Pete McPartland. He is the chairman, president, and CEO of Sentry. You can find them online at Sentry.com or on Twitter at Sentry Insurance. Pete, it was great to meet you. My daughter and I enjoyed meeting you. Thanks for your hospitality. Yeah, thank you. Congratulations on a, a really exciting finish to the tournament and continued success to you. Thanks a lot, Brian. Good talking to you. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger. Bringing you the biggest names in sports business. Without further ado, we all know this gentleman. Let's give David Stern a big round of applause. Let's welcome the president of the NCAA, Mark Emmert. Give him a hand. 
Let's give a big hand to USC alum and co-owner of the Lakers and president of the Lakers, Jeannie Buss. Thank you for having me. What a nice turnout. Thank you so, so much for having me, Brian. It was very, very kind, and I really enjoyed it. Thank you, sir. Sir Charles, how are you? I'm doing good, man. How are you doing this morning? Today's guest is Memphis Grizzlies head coach David Fisdale. You're the man, Barrett. My guest is tennis icon Chris Everett. It was very interesting. You asked great questions, so thank you very much, Brian. Pleased to welcome to the show Kyrie Irving, the number one pick in the 2011 NBA draft. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm happy to be joined by Pete Carroll, the executive VP of football operations and the head football coach of the Seattle Seahawks. Coach, how are you? Doing good. What's going on? Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban. Mark, thanks for joining My pleasure. Visit sportsbusinessradio.com and subscribe to our iTunes podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Stay connected to the business side of sports only with Sports Business Radio. Well, that's it for this edition of Sports Business Radio. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to our show staff, Brian Griggs and Josh Blank. Thanks to our friends at Boingo Wireless for powering our Sports Business Radio Roadshow. Follow them online at boingo.com or on Twitter at Boingo. And thanks again to our new partner, the Robinhood app. Robinhood is giving our listeners a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help build your portfolio. Sign up at sbradio.robinhood.com. That's sbradio.robinhood.com. A podcast reminder, you can catch our show on demand via podcast. Go to iTunes, type in Sports Business Radio. We're rated in the top 50 business news podcasts. You can also find our show on Audio Boom via the TuneIn Radio and Stitcher apps, and, of course, at sportsbusinessradio.com. Follow me on Twitter in between shows at SB Radio. Follow us on Instagram at sportsbusinessradio. For Brian Griggs, I'm Brian Berger. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon right here on Sports Business Radio.